because it's fun. It's fun to do bad things. 24-7 Comedy Radio. I want to do horror stuff with my friend. The Green Room is brought to you today by Amazon. Click the Amazon link on SeanTGreen.com to support The Green Room today. And now, live from Silver Lake, California, the host of The Green Room, Sean Green! Alright everyone, welcome to the Green Room Comedy Podcast. We're doing it live here in the Silver Lake Studios, presented by 24-7 Comedy. Welcome to the show, people. Welcome to the Green Room Talk Radio Program. I am here, one-on-one, with my main man, Mr. Logan Lysico, my left-hand man. Logan, how are things going? They're going great. Happy Thanksgiving, bro. <laughs> Already thrown out the happy Thanksgiving a little bit early? Yeah, because I figure next, week, next week's episode will come out right after Thanksgiving, right? So All right. Week, yeah, we'll it? see. Maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll tape it before. Obviously, yeah, we won't be taping on Thanksgiving. We'll be focusing on eating, drinking, having a grand old time. How about you, Logan? Any uh, Thanksgiving Day memories? Memories? Uh, <laughs> no, nah, I don't know. Just playing football in the yard at my uncle's house, I guess. Right. That was a, that was a big uh, Lysico family tradition. Yeah. Um, well, he actually, my uncle, he's actually coming here to California. I'll probably be eating with him next week but uh he played for the indianapolis colts really and yeah and he has a super bowl ring from 1970 how did this never come up before in conversation oh, I, I think it did at one point like a long time ago just once and then everyone really? forgot about it yeah <laughs> i felt like if my uncle was in the super bowl i'd mention it at least a couple times a week how do you not talk about your uncle in the super bowl with well because now he like run, now he's like a minister and he runs coaches outreach and i don't know he's Kind of a different dude. <laughs> well, what? What's? What do you mean? He he doesn't talk about football anymore. He doesn't like to talk about his sordid. No, actually, path. he doesn't really seem to watch football. Like, he doesn't watch football that much anymore. I mean, so he your did, uncle he did on Thanksgiving when we would visit, but <laughs> yeah, he's not like an avid football fan these days. But he did really. Play what in the position do you play? Uh, he was a safety. Safety. Oh, for sorry the... about that. Zippers. Sound folks. <laughs> just got hot. Logan, Logan wants to make it a little more intimate here in my uh, <laughs> bedroom recording studio. So your uncle played football for the Colts. That's pretty crazy. I don't know. My uncle's never never played professionally in anything. I guess, uh, yeah, nothing professionally. We used to, yeah, our family tradition was much like the, yeah, the normal thing of just hanging out, eating a lot of food. Like you said, playing football in the backyard. I do remember... I forget, it was probably in the mid-90s or something like that when someone first got a uh, – when we first got a home camcorder, I remember someone videotaped the football game, and then there was a controversial play, you know, along the uh, sidelines. Someone made – I think oh. one of my <laughs> – I forget which one of my cousins might have been Chris, my, my other cousin Tim, made a controversial catch along the sidelines, and we had to go in and review it. And then we still argued about it, even though while we were reviewing it. So it, didn't, it just added more to fuel to the fire. We were actually, the Thursday night game just ended before we taped this. Tim Tebow led the Broncos to victory once again. Tim Tebow is hilarious in that he, he comes in, he's been 4-1 and one with the Denver Broncos, but yet he is an awful quarterback. Like, he cannot throw the football well, and somehow he keeps... Leading this team to victory, super religious guy. Yeah, he was praying. They were they kept cutting to him, and he was obviously praying on the sideline, kneeling and saying a prayer well, yeah, on the camera. He's uh, Tebowing. He's that's what they <laughs> Thank call you, Jesus, it. Jesus for that touch. Yeah, that's what they call it. When you have a good thing, you bend down on one knee, you put your head to your hand, you go, "Hey, I'm Tebowing right now." There was like this whole thing online. People were sending in different pictures of people Tebowing. I kind of got caught up in the craze. It was a lot of fun. I don't know. For some reason, this guy is fun to root for. I'm not even – I don't know. I don't really have a rooting in, interest for the Broncos. I, I lived in Denver. kind of like the Broncos. But it's it just so fun to see a guy who 
earnestly seems like a good person and is just not good at football. There's something funny about a guy not being good at football coming in. He's not flashy. He's just this awkward kind of goofy big guy. Now maybe he can't throw, but I mean, as right. a quarterback, you got to be a leader and call plays on the fly. And I mean, maybe he's good at that. Obviously, he, you know, made that touchdown today. Yeah, he ran the ball, and he was yeah. pretty good at that. <laughs> it was pretty <laughs> funny. Play. It was uh, it was great because as he was driving down, all of a sudden they were like, "What's going on? What's going on?" Because the clock's running off. They're driving down for what ends up being the dramatic final score and it's always it's always funny when the streaker comes out the first off the announcers always get really angry oh there's a (laughs) clown out on the field right now some yahoo decided to think it was a good idea to run out on the field don't even show them don't even show them that's i love when the announcers make sure don't show them first off that policy of not showing the streaker especially with the youtube thing that's gone out the window because now everyone in the stands immediately just holds up a video camera and starts right. recording this guy. It's going to be on YouTube. I saw the I saw the Phillies fan get tasered. I've seen the Arizona streaker who dressed up as a ref. All those times people say, hey, don't film them, don't film them, don't film them. Obviously this doesn't work, all right? There have streakers. There have been streakers since the dawn of time. They're just protecting their ass, making sure the audience knows they had no part in this. Yeah, but they're the announcers. The, the audience doesn't think they're a part of it. I know. What if they were just like, whoa, he actually did it. I can't believe it. Oh, I mean, uh, Well, yeah, I guess they don't, want to, they don't want to seem like they're encouraging him, so they have to be real chastising. Yeah. What's wrong with just the announcers going, hey, that's kind of funny? I mean, obviously, whoever's <laughs> At least gonna... the color commentary guy. There's right, one guy exactly. who's supposed play to be by funny. Play by play, he's – okay, he plays it straight. He's the play by play. So the guy, he's running out. He's doing whatever. They don't show it. They just show the players' reactions, which is, as an audience, that's a real tease. I mean, that's bad TV production. You can't just show all these. Imagine if you're a director, Logan. You make a film, and you know you have a minute chunk of your film where it's just everyone, all these characters making crazy reaction faces. You want to see what they're looking at. Yeah, yeah. You want to see what's well, it actually on. sounds pretty great. Sounds like it builds some tension. It does, With but no it's, payoff. Not, <laughs> it's not relief because you don't get to see this guy because they don't want to encourage him. And it's like, all right, I, I get your policy or whatever, but obviously that hasn't stopped people from streaking, running down the field. They've been doing it from the end of time. They're going to continue doing it. Yeah. And the <laughs> – Well, they should be against it. It's just one of those things, you know uh, – just two forces working against each other in right. life, you know. I don't know. Just I just say, give him a still shot. The guy is gonna get tasered. <laughs> He's gonna pay a seven hundred dollar fine. What's wrong with letting the guy just give him three seconds on air? But it is funny that the, the, I love the announcers. Yeah, what a knucklehead he is. Because they yeah. <laughs> obviously they can't really make fun of him. They couldn't say anything like you know, super derogatory to the guy or whatever. So, but they still feel like they have to make fun of him. The one announcer, he had a great line. He goes, well, that, that knucklehead there, he'll be T-bowing from jail tonight. <laughs> like, no, I don't think the guy is going to be T-bowing. It sounds like he says he's going to be T-boning. <laughs> he's going to be get T-boned. Right. And, uh, I mean, I haven't spent a lot of time in jail, but I imagine, <laughs> I imagine bending over in one knee with your... <laughs> With your head on your hand is not a, a, a position you want to be holding out in jail a lot. Maybe, you know, maybe the other guys go, oh, hey, leave him alone. He's praying. All right. You know, not going to give that guy a hard time. So yeah. let's see. I'll talk about a uh, – just got back into town a couple days ago. I was back east, went home for two weddings. And you were in Philly. Yeah, it was well. Oh, I, well, yeah, actually, there were two weddings. One was in Bethlehem. One was in Philly. They were an hour, away, you know, apart from each other, and it was two buddies from high school. It was weird because, uh, and I tell people this, and they go, "Oh, are the two buddies friends?" I'm like, "Yeah, they're they're kind of friends," and they're like, "Why would they do that?" And I go, "Well, the one buddy set up the wedding, his wedding, and he sent me an invitation." I was like, "Oh yeah, I'll go." And then the other guy sent me another invitation, and I was like, "Oh well." try and make this work. So I ended up going to the one wedding in Bethlehem, went to the actual ceremony, then went to the reception. And then from there, or like went to a little bit of the reception, then got a ride an hour down from Bethlehem to the other wedding reception in Philadelphia. So 
<clears throat> so why did they do it that way? Well, because the second guy, or the guy who scheduled his wedding the second time, he had been dating this girl for a really long time. Or they had some, I guess, some on and off periods, but they had been together for a really long time, and so they weren't even engaged that long because she, you know, because she had been waiting out for a while. <laughs> and so when she found, you know, when they decided they were going to get married, this was the only day that she could get to church. So he was just like, all right, what are you going to do? Yeah, right. <laughs> it was it's not great. like he can bring up like, oh, can we postpone it so we can go to Jim's yeah, wedding? <laughs> he, couldn't, he, couldn't really, he couldn't really postpone it anymore. It was funny, though, because when they uh, – his, his – the guy Brandon – he was uh, one of the guys getting married. It was well. There's another strange coincidence. Both of the guys that were getting married got married to girls named Lauren on the same day, and it was mm. funny because I walked into CVS to buy. I don't do a present. I'll just throw a couple bucks in a card. I got two of the same card just because I was. Hey, what's you know? It's a good card. Why won't yeah. they both enjoy it? And then just puts a couple bucks in there and just wrote the same thing like, "Hey, congratulations to you and Lauren." Signed That's shot. funny. And it you was, can see the different reactions. It was it was <laughs> it was weird because this lady at CVS goes, "You know, you bought two of the same cards, right?" Like she thought I maybe I accidentally grabbed the same card. It's like, no, I'm a professional wedding guy now. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> He, um, when he was up there doing his vows, my buddy, they, you know, you go through this thing where it's like, I do solemnly swear, blah, blah, blah. I think it was, I think they wrote some of their own. And then the priest says it, and then you repeat after it. So when the girl's part goes up, oh, and then after it's over, you say, I will. And, um. Or I do. Well, in this case, it was I will, because it was like going over all these things, like, I'll do this, blah, 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 blah. Uh I will. So he starts off, he goes through the first line of, I will be a loyal wife and this. And then the priest takes a pause and the girl just goes, I will. She screams out, I will. And the guy, the priest, who is actually my buddy's grandfather, <laughs> knows the situation. He goes, all right, settle down. I know you've been waiting for a long time. And then the uh, entire church busted of up. Of course. You gotta love those preacher jokes in weddings. They always get. They know they want to tell one joke at every wedding. The priest always makes one little. Oh, this guy! He made a couple jokes. It's always uncomfortable. <laughs> First off, a priest is another good job of if you want into if you want to get into comedy, but you don't want to actually get into comedy, in the sense that you go up there. <laughs> and... Sounds like a lot of work, though. <clears throat> Well, whatever. There's obviously some other stuff you have to do, but basically, you go up there, you uh, you just kind of you're freewheeling. You got some notes. You kind of spin some yarns about God and, <laughs> and being a good person and doing the right thing. We've and all they, been to weddings. We know the spiel. Right. Two people <laughs> becoming one. This guy was all over the map. He, he was talking about the church and the Indians. At some point, Thomas Jefferson was mentioned. It was what? it was a pretty verbose speech. But you throw in a couple jokes, and the jokes just get such great reaction because you've just been laying down this boring, boring groundwork, and any sort of sense of humor is like, oh, my God. Oh, thank God someone's, you know. Exactly. Yeah, the tension's joke. released of, hey, this is really boring. Get me out of here. And so people immediately get off. Oh, that was so good. It's the also, same thing, everyone's like, holding this deep desire inside of them to party. They know they're about to party in yes. like 20 minutes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're – I mean church is boring to begin with, right? We can all agree on that. But imagine instead of – Okay, I'm going to go home, check my email, get a cup of coffee. Instead of that, you're dangling the idea of, hey, a free open bar, yeah. food, <laughs> drinks, dancing, three, four hours of that. Everyone's just looking at their phone or, you know, not trying not to look at their phone. Everyone, right. I think, was, uh, yeah, you want to. Trying to be I, in the moment, well, but you, still thinking about those things. <laughs> and even if you're not religious, you feel like checking your Twitter feed in the house of the Lord. You're kind of pushing it there. You don't, you don't want to get too crazy. So that was that was good times. The wedding and the wedding it's, itself, the or the parties itself was great. Just had a uh, yeah, just the typical thing of uh, just having a ton of drinks. I I went to two weddings, so I started. Uh, I tweeted this out, but I I was filming a pilot for my a new show, Man versus Open Bar. Now I know you've seen Man <laughs> versus Food, but this is Man versus Open Bar, and it it does, and basically it's just me. 
at an open bar, going at it. And that's the thing, because <laughs> normally if Wait, I'm... Wait, so there's no challenge like in Man vs. Food? No one challenges you? You just go, like, attack the bar and drink as much right, as you Right, it's not... <laughs> well, yeah, I guess the challenge is people come up and whatever they're drinking, I have to drink. So that's, that's kind of oh, the okay. premise. So people come up, oh, hey, you're having a whiskey. All right, I'll have a whiskey. Oh, hey, you're having a... <laughs> You're having a uh, Bloody Mary. But this is 100 people as you just remain at the bar. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Until either the bar wins or I win. So maybe, yeah, I guess maybe 100 drinks, maybe there's a chance I'll die. But maybe we go to small <laughs> weddings, 30-person wedding. Everyone goes up. Whatever they have, I have. And if I'm still standing at the end of the night when they push the bar out, then I win. Then essentially when the bar – when the open bar ends, <laughs> if I'm still standing, then I beat the bar. Sometimes the bar beats me. Oh, it's like, like that quote the, idea. <laughs> it's like that quote in The Big Lebowski. Sometimes you eat the bar. Sometimes the bar eats you. Yep. But it was, it was a good time. And once – I mean once you get going with the high school buddies, a couple of the shenanigans. Somehow I remember at one point in the night a bottle rocket came out and fired that <laughs> off. <laughs> It was outside, Logan. It wasn't. Was it not, part of the wedding? No, or? no. This was later on because after the open bar, then you go back to the hotel bar. Then that's where things really get uh, messy. They're just drinking a lot. I don't. There was no nothing really crazy happened. Um, my one buddy Bill got iced. We brought that back. Do you remember that? There was a brief period of people getting iced. What's iced? Is that taking ice, which is like P- PCP? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Yeah, Logan, because always hanging out, smoking PCP at weddings. Right. Well, no, it's the a wedding off ice, the drink, <laughs> oh, where you show different. it to your buddy, and if he sees it, then he has to chug it. And what we did was my one, <laughs> my one friend paid the bartender uh, or bought the drink or whatever, and she wrapped it up in a napkin and delivered it on a tray, and then Bill unwrapped the napkin, and then the Smirnoff ice was there, and he had to drink it. Nice. It's man code, Logan. You, you have to drink it. And then my, me and my buddy Zach found some – this was a thing – well, it was more Zach, but back in the day we would get those like auto shoppers or whatever those free magazines were that they have uh, in those bins. Auto Trader. Then, yeah, Auto Trader. Auto Trader was very popular and just grab stacks of them and just drive around and throw them out the window for no real reason. <laughs> this was, wow. This was, this was high school, Logan. It was a simpler time, all right? We didn't have smartphones. We, we did similar things. We weren't easily – we weren't so easily entertained. We had we to go more, out and make fun. Uh, you told me one story about how you totally tore this guy's front yard up. Right, <laughs> driving in lawns. That was another pastime. I've, I mean, we did that. I, I mean, I have memories of that from high school, but not throwing uh, garbage out the window. <laughs> well, it's not garbage. It's promotional materials. Oh, right. So our one friend, Carl, he passed out early because he had to wake up. He had to wake up early for work, which... You really don't want to be involved in that. Like if you're sharing a hotel room with three other guys at a wedding, you don't want to be the guy who has to go back early to pass out so he can wake up for work. No. So we decided to just grab a stack of 30 Homestead magazines, which is like the real estate uh, free listing. Just throw them all over him. And he slept right through it. So I think that kind of probably <laughs> speaks for how, how drunk Carl was. But uh, good times overall. Great trip. One of the uh, weirder parts of my trip was I went and did a stand-up gig up at Penn State last Thursday night, and I went, and if you remember last, the the, the Wednesday, that was the day before, was when uh, it was like a mini-riot. I don't, I don't know if I could call it an official riot, but Joe Paterno got fired by the Board of Trustees at Penn State, and so the students decided to congregate and were shaking news vans and smashing up stuff. So very, very weird vibe going on in the campus. And in hindsight, you these students are really going to – more and more stuff keeps coming out. It keeps looking worse and worse for Joe Paterno, for Penn State. you got to realize, okay, I get it. We all love Joe Paterno. He was a jolly old man. But now it comes up that, no, in fact, he was helping to hide out this pedophile – so, it, it, yeah, it does take a lot of the years of him supposedly being a high-character guy, especially when this happened in 1998 and he failed to really step up and do anything. Yeah, that does, that's a pretty big mark on your name. And everyone, or, you know, supposedly a lot of people knew this guy was a pedophile, and he, he was, like, in charge of taking kids, like, camping and stuff, right? Or- oh, yeah. Well, he had this whole Second Mile Foundation. Which it was him taking underprivileged youth 
and showing them around the campus and uh, Big Brother <laughs> program, which, as it turns out, he was just uh, sexually assaulting them. So anyway, I have to do a comedy show up here at Penn State, show up there, and it's this Penn State stand-up club. A couple of the kids are going to go up before me, and then I'm going to go up and do some time at the end. And uh, overall, the show went fine, but one of the students... Well, first off, there's this whole thing of like, are we going to talk about Sandusky? Are we not going to talk about Sandusky? Very weird thing. And I'm not, a, I'm not afraid to joke around about stuff like that. Or if I had like a good angle on it, I, I would probably would have got more into it. But it, it would just come down to, hey, you guys are crazy. Like there's not even a joke. Like you're right. crazy. <laughs> now, but how much information did they know when those little riots happened? Because uh, I also heard like – Ashton Kutcher tweeted something like, fuck Penn State for firing him. And then, like, later, I guess more information might have come out. No, no. I mean, if you – yeah, if you – no, no, no. Ashton Kutcher is not a bright person, Logan. Don't let let his – his use of the Nikon camera fool you. Well, I basically heard another podcast where they talked about that and they kind of drew parallels from that to like the riots and like everyone reacted before they knew everything. No, these people knew the grand jury report. They knew that they knew why he got fired. He got fired because he didn't do enough to report it to the police. Yes. Technically the athletic director is in charge of the university police or whatever, but Joe Paterno made it was complicit in letting this pedophile stay on campus. He was complicit in it. He, even in his own words, he said he wished he could have done more. Well, Joe, you could have done more and you didn't. And that's why you got fired. And that's why you got fired. And that's why the board of trustees are going to get fired. The president, the athletic director, the governor, all these people are going to be cleaned out. Who, wait, what podcast said that and not in all the information had come out? <laughs> I think it was Comedy Bang Bang or something like that. They just briefly touched on the subject. Or no, it was Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan. Well, Joe, I mean, <laughs> I don't know where he's what he's thinking about, but no, the, these kids knew that Joe Paterno, they heard, they read the grand jury report, or at least you were aware of it. You knew why he got fired. You couldn't have been angry about him getting fired and not realized why he got fired. See, that, yeah, that's what I thought till I heard because that. And then I just wanted, to believe, like, I wanted like, to believe Joe Rogan when he said that, because I was like, well, they were rioting because he got fired. So they must not have, you know, I, no, I wanted no, to believe no, no, that. No, that's but. the thing. You, there's no way you were up at Penn State and didn't, weren't aware of this story, didn't read the story, didn't know why the board of trustees. It's right. not like they were just. Wait, you would be confused if Joe Paterno just randomly got fired. They knew well, why Joe I'm, Paterno got fired. I, I had the idea that it, they knew why, but like I guess people hadn't come forward yet. Or whatever, you know. I mean, people. A lot of people still believe that uh, what's his name is innocent, uh, Herman Cain. <laughs> so I mean, it's just one of those things. Yeah. Well, that I, I didn't. I, now it's very clear that he's guilty. Like you got to be an idiot to think he's not guilty. But well, you're talking. Who are you talking about? Sandusky, Both. the guy who molested, or Joe Paterno? Both. Now, well, but I I don't know. On Wednesday, I was just finding out the stuff. I didn't. I was. Yeah. I mean, if you. If you're put it this way, all right, fine. If you're if you're just following the story and don't know it as well, okay, I give you a pass. But if you're at Penn State rioting that Joe Paterno got fired, in every article that says he got fired, where you read the news about him getting fired, it clearly says why he got fired. Yeah, I'm not arguing with you, and obviously you were there too. I mean, you knew what they knew, so <laughs> right. And they're idiots. They're idiots. There's no. I, I'm sorry. You're an idiot. Yeah, that, that's I mean, I went to Penn well, State for two it's worse years than that. It's like, I mean, that's just immoral. But I guess I went to Penn State for two go. years. And that was the that was kind of what I didn't like. It's just this crazy group mind where it's like, make up your own opinion. Be rational about this stuff. Have some have some basic logic in your life. This man turned his back. He let this go on. He was complicit against this. That is not a great. That's an awful thing to do. And you deserve, at the very least, to be fired. He'll be lucky if he doesn't face serious criminal charges. In 2009, Joe Paterno, after he testified to the grand jury, he sold his 
his house to his wife for a dollar. Now you're saying like, wait, why would you sell? Why would you sell your house to your wife for a dollar? That makes no sense. <laughs> ah, Logan, but it does make sense if you believe that you're going to be targeted by a lawsuit in upcoming years. Okay, hey, I'm going. If let's say right. someone comes after Jopa, which Jopa is going to get sued. Penn State's going to get sued. Sandusky. Basically, anyone who had any involvement is going to be sued. Oh, man. How about that Bob Costas interview, by the way? All right. Yeah, let's play. Oh my God. I feel like everyone, everyone's probably heard this yeah. by now. We're not breaking any ground, but it's still, it's still worth one more listen at how insanely creepy this one answering of this question is. <laughs> that, sorry, that Creepy. was that was Solidify. I I looked down at the playlist, Solidify by Wax. Uh, Wax is a great dude for letting us use the music, but uh, sorry, I meant to hit Sandusky. But you can see why the S and the Y. All right, here we go. Are you a pedophile? No. Are you sexually attracted to young boys, to underage boys? Am I sexually attracted to yes. underage boys? He, he almost responds to it as if it's a rhetorical question. Well, it takes a lot of thought, you know. He's got a sexually attracted, you know. I I enjoy young people. <laughs> he didn't even say. Oh. I I love to be around them. Um, I I but no, I'm not sexually oh, attracted to young boys. It's so funny because he almost <laughs> got lost in his in his thoughts about being sexually attracted. Yeah, to young I boys. love to be. Oh, but uh, no. <laughs> sexually attracted to young boys. Romantically, I mean, uh, emotionally, he he didn't even explain what level of attraction he was that it wasn't sexually. By the way, that was the same question he was just asked, just in a different way. <laughs> Are you a pedophile? No. Are you attracted to young boys? Uh, am I attracted to young boys? Just say no again. Right. It's the same question. Right. The, the <laughs> pedophile thing. Yeah, that's how you're supposed to answer. No, or even cut off. This is outrageous. Do you, <laughs> he's, like, yeah, he just feels sad because he knows it's true. Two weeks ago when this first broke, we talk about it. Your response, Logan, if someone accuses you of having sex with young boys is you're screaming. You're well, yelling. Oh, wait. Have a, have a, now, have I had sex with young boys? You know, I hang out. No, I haven't. <laughs> Why would you answer all the other – it's a simple yes or no question. It's, well, for most people. I love how he has to clarify. Well, yeah, obviously. Obviously, I'm attracted to young boys. But let me describe my level of – oh, wait. No, not sexually attracted. But he almost he almost forgets to answer the question. I have to listen to this one more time. He, listen to how he almost – he almost gets lost in it in his own thoughts about young boys when he's describing his attraction, and then quickly <laughs> remembers quickly remembers. Oh wait, I have to say no. Oh wait, I'm in an interview to prove my innocence. No. Are you sexually attracted to young boys, to underage boys? Am I sexually attracted to yes. underage boys? Sexually attracted? You know, no, I, I enjoy young people. I I love to be around them. Um, I, I, but no, I'm not sexually attracted <laughs> yeah, right. to you. He's like, oh, wait, but no. I, uh, uh, let me tell a story. I, uh, oh, no, to answer your question. What kind of lawyer, man, this guy has, you have to go through months of media training to get your story straight before you let this guy out. Yeah. That's, the, I, that's the most obvious way of lying. I also saw Dan Patrick interviewed Bob Costas about that interview, and apparently there was no, like, ground rules like he was bob costas was only going to interview the lawyer and then at the last second sandusky decided to uh call in yeah <laughs> it was just like a really dumb move on his part right I'm, I'm no attorney but that seems like an awful idea and speaking of awful ideas by attorneys this attorney who's representing him was also involved in his own sex scandal he started dating a girl while he was in his 40s she became pregnant. She was either, I think, 16 maybe when they first started seeing each other, possibly 17, I think, when she got impregnated. He ended up marrying her when she turned 18. He's 48, and he married his wife when she was 18, or basically as she turned 18. This is the guy representing him in this and case. And he got 
and like it's proven that he that's their kid together or how yeah. is that not they're living, <laughs> how does that work they're living together they're married so how does that work does she have to press does her family have to press charges in order for him to be arrested for that i don't i don't i don't know the whole statutory rape things maybe it's probably one of those things where maybe she didn't actually yeah. maybe she didn't actually become pregnant until she was 18 so they couldn't prove it oh. or maybe no one maybe no one in her family had a problem with it and no one really pressed it that's it. You go to these small state college towns. I mean, that's the thing. This is it's this weird, weird world where this is like almost straight out of a horror film, where all the townspeople are in on this, <laughs> in yeah. on this like spooky house where yeah. oh yeah, it's the old mansion place, but they don't speak of it. Basically, it's the old Sandusky place. We know there are metaphorically bodies in there and there's ghosts, but we don't talk about it. We just let yeah. everyone cover this up. The judge that let him out on $100,000 unsecured bail so he could go back to his house, which is 1,000 feet from a park and has a window overlooking a playground where kids hang out. The judge who oh let him God. go out. He was probably looking out that window when he was on the phone. Probably. <laughs> Sexually? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, just emotionally and spiritually. That's almost as creepy. Yeah. No, just on a platonic level. I get well it. when he said I, I love hanging out or what he saying? <laughs> I love spending time with him. But no, right. just like whoa, oh god. But yeah, anyway, sorry. <laughs> a quick point: the judge that let him out on the unsecured bail, that judge also worked at his charity program, and now it's even coming out deeper that Penn State sold oh Sandusky all this land at a cheap price after he had already left the school in 1998 amid that first sex scandal which didn't somehow didn't get prosecuted then that prosecutor somehow disappeared and then the attorney general at the time became governor and when he became governor that's when this case started really heat up so the governor is facing questions as to why he didn't pursue the case enough when he was attorney general holy crap it runs deep logan it runs deep okay when he when he answered this i don't know someone might have brought this up but it definitely – I forget if I thought of it or – I know that sounds ridiculous. But I, I don't really remember where this idea was brought up. But it sounds exactly like R. Kelly when R. Kelly went through this. Do you remember R. Kelly, R&B artist? He had a run-in with some underage women. He was filming them. These sex videos came out. Pissed was, on her face. Yeah, he peed on some <laughs> girls, 16, 17 years old, videotaping them. He ended up getting acquitted of all charges, but he sat down with a reporter from BET, kind of like a tell-all type situation. And this is, uh, this is him. He kind of reminds me of Sandusky in the way that he answers these questions. So uh, take a listen. Do you like teenage girls? When you say teenage, how are we talking? Girls who are teenagers. 19? 19 and younger. I have some 19-year-old friends. If you was charged with something and you were found innocent, then you can't be found guilty for being found innocent. Right. Kelly says his upcoming album will feature less sexually charged material. <laughs> That's, That's hilarious, too. I just left that in where the news lady was talking about less sexually charged lyrics. Meanwhile, no. Every <laughs> no way. R. Kelly album is as sexually charged as the last. All How he, old are we talking? All he had to say was no. Yeah, I mean... What I mean, that's semantic. I, well, I mean, I kind of see it, what he's doing, but it's like, why just why, say no? <laughs> why argue the semantics here, Logan? If you're this gonna, is the, your opportunity to avoid gonna, semantics. If you're going to deny making a pee video with a 17-year-old girl, which he obviously did, why not also lie about being attracted to 19-year-olds? Yeah. <laughs> if you're going to maintain you were innocent of doing that when they caught you on camera doing that on your own video, <laughs> why not just stretch the lie out of, well, I like attractive women, but women that young, they're not my thing. Why not just keep going with it? They already caught you on camera. You already got acquitted of yeah. the charges. Why make it clear, 19's still okay? 19, <laughs> I guess maybe he wants it for the 19-year-old girls listening out there. He doesn't want them to get the wrong idea. Uh... Oh, wow. <laughs> 
The R. Kelly days are over. Better stay away. No, just to make it clear, ladies, R. <laughs> Kelly still on the market when it comes to teenage girls. Now, how old are we talking about? I love how, love how when he, he immediately just wants to get, get on the semantics. Like, yeah, he's past it. He's past, he's past being accused of all this stuff. He's like, I'm moving on. I'm into 19-year-olds, and they need to hit me up if they're at my concert. 18-year-olds, too. And yeah, 17-year-olds in Florida. Holla. You didn't directly address the 18-year-olds, <laughs> but I feel like it was implied in how, yeah, I have, I have friends who are 19-year-olds. <laughs> it's so creepy the way he goes about saying, well, I have friends who are 19 years old. With benefits. Oh, good old R. Kelly. I don't know. I don't know what R. Kelly's up to these days. Have you seen that those short films for uh, those In the Closet songs? Oh, yeah. Those are hilarious. Well, yeah, R. Kelly, I, I'm, I'm, I think it might have been after this scandal, he decided to make what kind of became a soap opera. Yeah, it, it was a musical like a, soap opera. Yeah, a musical soap opera, like 12 <laughs> different videos connected about this. It was called In the Closet. It was about this guy who was gay, but he was in the closet. And it just turned into this huge melodramatic thing. And then the... the it was weird because they just characters are all over the place and they're just singing random stuff. Well, it was like this guy's trapped in the closet and he's singing about it. And then he watches this woman cheat on her husband. But he's in – for some reason, he's in someone oh, else's yeah, house. Sorry. Yeah, no. And I, then that person – that guy turns out to be someone he knows or something. It's like everyone's interconnected. Right. Yeah, I think I messed up. When they say trapped in the closet – it's not a figurative spe- it's not a figure of speech of being gay. They're literally trapped in the closet cuz he yeah. was he was hooking <laughs> up with this other guy's lady and then the guy came in and then yeah. But there are gay lovers and uh midgets. Right, there are gay- <laughs> <laughs> There's all kinds of wacky shit in there. It is yeah, when do you get the idea of just like yeah, I'll go with the telenovela soap opera type situation? The best part was uh, there was one video where it was just an old couple talking. <laughs> and it was R. Kelly dressed as an old man and as an old woman arguing with each other. It's pretty classic. He, re- he really runs the full gamut there. He Eddie murphy did it up. Speaking of uh, soap operas, I've ridden the bus recently. And I was on the bus. And they play, they play stuff on the bus. They play, like, shows – well, Mexican shows, Mexican news, a lot of uh, Spanish-oriented programming on the bus. And I was sitting there watching this telenovela called Los Americanos. Or <laughs> Los, it was like Los Americans. Uh-huh. The premise of the soap opera is – sorry, I dropped my paper. It's really distracting me. This, the premise <laughs> of the soap opera is, hey, this Mexican family moved to America. They're doing well, but – they have issues or whatever problems arise so it's like these mexican families hanging out doing their thing having a good time in suburbia and then all of a sudden these eagle or like these evil immigration <laughs> officers bust down the door la migra is this your is this your sister oh my yes there is that is my sister there must be some mistake she's a good woman she's coming with us these immigration officers are just like the worst guys it's hilarious no i just i just want to live here oh no no and they're like (laughs) get get out of america meanwhile i'm on a bus (laughs) i mean literally everyone else on the bus is a spanish-speaking person probably half of them at least aren't here legally Uh so it's kind of borderline science fiction and the idea that oh they're just you're just minding your own business and immigration officers just rip you out of the streets <laughs> and tear you down regardless of what you're doing they're just hauling immigrants out left and right yeah <clears throat> meanwhile as an illegal immigrant you're sitting on a bus watching this on tv perfectly safe for many of that hanging out with all your other illegal friends <clears throat> well i'm gonna have to edit all all these coughs but oh, okay <laughs> <clears throat> I was like, well, I mean, I'll, I can start talking <laughs> next time. No, I'm just saying next time you got to. No, it's fine. Because no, I know it's hard to be like, gain your breath back sometimes. No, I just like the idea that you offered to <laughs> help out by, uh, uh, I'm, now I'm going to leave this in where we talk about me editing out the coughs and then you, you, well, saying, I, you, can, you saying you can help out I don't out have anything talking. written down to talk about. Oh, I'm going, I don't think I told you, I'm going to, uh the sequoia forest tonight after this podcast 
No, you didn't tell me that, Logan. You're making a run for the Sequoia Forest? Oh, yeah. Five-hour drive. Sounds awesome. What are you doing up there? I'm just going to be <laughs> filming nature, and hopefully I get, you know, maybe a black bear, maybe a, uh, uh, oh, I wrote all these animals down. I can't read it now, but, you know. <laughs> Wait, what did you write down? Maybe a uh, bullock oriole. Maybe I'll catch a couple of those. Now, why'd you write that down in your hand? <laughs> so I was going to talk about it and sound like I knew all about the Redwood Forest. So you thought I would be tricked into thinking you're some nature genius because no you way, a couple dude. I'm reading on your hand? It. I'm reading it so hard, I can't even make out the letters. You're reading it so hard? Yeah, there's no way I could have hid this. What did I write? Ugh, I must have wrote some code. That was a long time ago now. I don't even remember. All right, Logan. Well, <laughs> I was I was doing some shows back home, and I have a, I have a big show, Steel Stacks. December 22nd, you go to uh, SeanTGreen.com, hit the calendar bar there, get tickets. We just went from a 100-seat venue to a 200 because we already sold the 100-seat out. Do it with my main man, Johnny LaCosta. So that's in uh, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. I'm going to be doing that around Christmas there, December 22nd. And I got a Facebook message from my aunt about the show, so I thought I would read it on the air. Hey, Sean. I am so looking forward to seeing you at Steel Stacks. Do you think just for this performance, you could replace every GD and JC, meaning God damn it in Jesus Christ, with (laughs) fucking in quotation marks? This is a a little campaign of mine. Fuck is such an expressive word and is fairly unacceptable, but you aren't pissing off God to the extent you would be by flinging his name around. (laughs) I figured you would be an excellent person with which to start this effort of mine. Hope you're well. Lots of love. Founder of the Use Fuck Instead of Cl- or Use Fuck Instead Club. That's awesome. And it, it made me really think. It, it is. It is seeming. I mean, you could do hours upon hours. I'm not George Carlin. You could do hours upon hours of how bizarre things are in religion and language. Exactly. But the idea that blasphemy is up on the same list with "Thou shalt not murder." It does seem uh, right. <laughs> you're setting the bar a little too crazy there. I, I don't picture God as this 13 year old who's 13 year old chick like, don't gossip about me, don't use my name in vain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But just to play devil's advocate, or in this case, God's advocate, uh, wouldn't you? I mean, it's like very deliberate when you say "God damn it" in Jesus Christ. That's like people say that specifically because it says in the Bible not to say that, right? That's why it's a curse word. Yeah, or it's just uh, an expression in the same way that, yeah, fuck is or whatever. But, yeah, I don't know. That's why it's a bad word. Like, I don't know. I can't. My mom's the same way about that stuff, and I think that's. Yeah, but God isn't that sensitive. He realizes when. I'd like to think that God <laughs> understands context. Yeah. And that when I stub my toe against a dresser drawer and yell out, God damn it, it's not me actually trying to hurt God's feelings. Right. Or call him out. <laughs> It's not me trying to humiliate God. It's just a gut instant reaction. I mean, he knows how the human brain works. He created it, Logan. It's also funny to think that he would stub your toe or something, you know, and just like, oh, God, why? Yes. It's like, no. So if I just said (laughs) fucking Virgin Mary or something crazy like that, he would be, okay, well, you you won me on a technicality. (laughs) Hey, I didn't covet any of my neighbor's wives, all right? God, come on, relax. And especially in the Silver Lake area, there's not not a lot of, <laughs> not a lot of hottie wives next to us. Yeah, it's Which, interesting. I thought there would be more hot chicks. There's a few, but well, they're sprinkled in. I mean, this is what you get in an urban uh, environment, Logan. Okay, so let's talk a little <laughs> bit more uh, football here. Although it's it transcends football here, Deshaun Jackson, the Eagles wide receiver, who I was never a real fan of. Never really trusted this guy. Thought he was kind of. So he was he's just a tiny receiver, speedy guy, makes some big plays now and again. He did beat the Giants with his single punt return, but he's also just kind of got this attitude and I don't know, I, he's getting underpaid this year granted, but he hasn't really done much this year, so I don't <laughs> feel that bad for him. But he didn't play on Sunday when the Eagles lost to the Cardinals. He could, they really could have used him there. He didn't play because he didn't go to a meeting. He said he overslept, which was like an obvious lie. He's just trying to mess with the organization about, you know, oh, this will then then they'll give me a contract if I start skipping meetings or I don't know, whatever his strategy is, it's insane. 
He's just trying to show him who's boss. I guess. Who, who knows with these? Uh, who knows with these athletes? We talk about practice. Talk I mean, about practice. But this is what, what annoys me is you miss a meeting and whatever. Okay, fine. You want to be that type of guy? That's fine. But then he also portrays himself as this hero, this good guy. He was on the View not too long ago. There was this kid who kept getting bullied, and so Deshaun Jackson decides to show up and and play hero. Well, and first off, this is Whoopi Goldberg gets crazy emotional that Deshaun Jackson decided to show up on a TV show and stick and you know whether the kid was getting bullied and his favorite player is Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Jackson shows up, goes, "Hey, you did the." Right thing by being a tattletale, or I don't know, whoever he. <laughs> by being that's, how, that's the Sean Green filter. <laughs> by being that's quote unquote mean. brave, <laughs> ratting. Uh, I mean, could you imagine like every time you got a Charlie horse in high school, you called up the View? I'm getting beaten. <laughs> uh, I'm such a baby. All right, fine. I understand the kid doesn't need to have a miserable life. Okay, God bless him. All right, but this is the Sean Jackson. Uh, being, oh, hey, Mr. Nice Guy. It is funny. I left in the part where Whoopi Goldberg gets real emotional in the beginning. Deshaun changed his plans. Everybody changed their plans because they wanted to make sure that they were here to be to be with you. I love how Deshaun Jackson is a hero for changing his plans. By the way, can I just say, like, yeah, <laughs> that's funny, but... Uh, so what what did this kid go through? I'm I'm confused. He just know. got I'm picked sure he on just a little got bit. Bullied and beat up, maybe. I don't I don't remember it being. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't. He He's wasn't, probably the producer's son or something. He wasn't Sandusky. Put it this way, Logan. I, there was right. no there was no Sandusky <laughs> type allegations. Those are the kids that need Deshaun Jackson. All right. right. They, those guys are brave for standing up. And all jokes aside, those those are the real victims. This kid probably got a wedgie and. <laughs> Yeah. Probably got called a pussy on his Facebook wall or something. All right, this is Deshaun Jackson. Well, um, you know, first off, uh, you know, we're we're very blessed to be here, and uh, you know, I was just sitting back in the back room, you know, looking at the video, man. And first and foremost, man, I want to say you're brave because uh, this happens every day, and, and people are not, you know, brave enough to stand up and, and take this on, and um, you know. Man, bro, for real, you're doing it, man. And I just want to say, man, I appreciate you, bro. For real, man. All right, this is you right here, bro. That's, that's what's awesome about being in sports. You don't really have to be articulate or say the right thing. Just the, showing up in the spot and acting like you're trying to say the right thing, people are really supportive. Yeah, and half-ass half, at, half ass acting that way. <laughs> yo, man, yo, like, uh, dog, you be doing the right thing and shit, y'all. All right, exactly. I'm out. <laughs> it's just like, yo, I mean... Yo, sometimes you do the thing and, you know, it's tough to do, but you got to do it and you did it. Yo, he's like my hero. Yay! It's funny, along with Deshaun Jackson came two offensive linemen, which kid probably doesn't give two shits. Right. No, no kid growing up, unless they're a huge fat ass. No, no right. kid's like, oh my God, is that interior guard Jamal Jackson? Yay! <laughs> he's my favorite. Do your three-point stance. <laughs> Yeah, come on. You're telling this kid to stand up bullying? Why don't you stand up to bullying Deshaun Jackson? Like when you face bump and run coverage and you can't get off the line and you don't do shit all game. <laughs> and you just start phoning it in. Like he, he lollygags a lot. He's always like faking injuries. and I mean, I and whatever. He, he did do a right thing with this kid and, and kept mentoring the kid. And you know, God bless him. <laughs> well, the right thing. I mean, he probably was told to do that by his team or the NFL. <laughs> Yeah, at the end of the <laughs> or his agent, I don't think he probably set that thing up with the view. Whatever that, I mean, honestly, that was a good thing he did. Okay, I'll, I'll concede that, but I'm giving him shit because he missed a meeting. I mean, you can't just miss a meeting and then not go to the game. And come on, don't be uh, don't be prancing around on daytime television for chicks <laughs> when you're not taking care of business in the locker room and taking care of business. The reason why this kid is a fan of yours is because you're a good football player. You have a gift, and you're pissing it away by missing meetings or what? It's just frustrating for anyone who has a gift who just doesn't take full use of it. For a guy who grinds it out and works really hard, 
on the talents I'm giving to see a guy who has like amazing speed, amazing ability, and then just, uh, you know, I'm not getting paid right now. Well, you, dude, you'll get paid. That's one thing in the NFL. If you produce, you'll get paid. You know how you don't get paid? By missing meetings. And how intense are these meetings? You just sit up there and watch projections. And you, yeah. you sit there with your Gatorade. <laughs> and, and you're flipping around in your iPhone, tweeting at some 19-year-old who wants to sh- send naked pictures of you. You it's couldn't gotta, sit through that? It's got to be the easiest part of the job, probably. Yeah, it, meetings you know? <laughs> are boring in corporate America. Meetings in football, you're talking about football. It's not okay, I get it, it's not as fun as playing football. But what else are you gonna do? <laughs> yeah, you have a thirty minute meeting where they talk about special teams and punt coverage. Just bring your sidekick and you know, text how the hard, whole time. just how hard is it to show up for a meeting? Yeah. God, that's insane. It's just frustrating, Logan. It's I know. just frustrating that people in America in this economy, you're making so much I mean you know you're going to get fined. You know they're going to bench keep, you. Occupied Deshaun Jackson. <laughs> I like it. We'll stick it to uh, stick it to old Deshaun Jackson. While we're talking about uh, America, Republican Party having trouble finding finding leadership they can uh, get behind. It seems each week it's a different guy. It's yeah. Now it's new. Everyone, everyone of the Republican candidates keep kind of messing up or doing something weird or. Something crazy happens. Like they just can't. Well, Mitt can't. Romney has remained at about twenty percent. Like he's remained about the same percentage, but it's always in second place. <laughs> Everyone else moves around. It's just like the entire Republican Party is trying to figure out a way not to select Ron Paul. Ron Paul, the only guy <laughs> who seems to make sense. Yeah, I mean, I guess his viewpoint is more radical than the rest, and maybe the traditional political machine feels threatened by it. And that's right, they should be, but Ron Paul actually talks some sense, and people are freaked out by that, I guess. I don't know I don't know what it is, but he actually makes sense, and he hasn't done anything crazy or kind of stupid so far, but he's still yeah. he's still not getting the nod. This is uh, Herman Cain when they talked to him about Libya. This is uh, another another great great gaffe by a GOP candidate. So you agreed with President Obama on Libya or not? Okay, Libya. Yeah, go ahead, Libya. President Obama supported the uprising, correct? Are you attracted to young boys? (laughs) (laughs) He's basically doing a Sandusky here, or an R. Kelly. It's just great. President Obama called for the removal of Gaddafi. Just want to make sure we're talking about the same thing before I say yes, I agreed. I, I know I didn't agree. Um, I do not agree with the way he handled it for the following reason. Um, no, that's that's a different one. Um, <laughs> that's so awesome. No, I don't agree with him on the following reason. Oh wait, that's a different line. Why couldn't you have just rolled with that and made up a different reason? Yeah, just yeah. The whole thing is not agreeing with. Him. Barack Obama. That's your one job. Yeah. Who knows? I I mean, in Herman Cain's offense, he might have been out on the campaign trail, worn down or whatever. He gets a million questions. But Libya, I I feel like you should know what's going on in these. I mean, it's not like they asked him what newspapers he reads. I mean, Libya, you should be up there. What newspapers you read, that's really the colossal kind (laughs) of – that's like Hall of Fame for how can you not come up with some sort of answer there. Yeah. I guess if you just get asked a million enough questions, eventually you just start cracking under pressure. Like, are you a pedophile? Are you sexually attracted to young boys? Eventually you're going to crack and, and say something <laughs> stupid. Now, this is Rick Perry. This is another – I feel like you can just do a whole public speaking class on, the, on today's episode, Logan. Just yeah. how, to, how to respond in times of crisis, how to kind of roll with the punches, how to present <laughs> yourself in public. I got it all figured out, man. All right, this is Rick Perry talking about the branches of government he wants to eliminate if he was president. It's three agencies of government when I get there that are gone. Commerce, education, and the, um, uh, what's the third one there? Let's see. Oh, five. Oh, five. Okay, so commerce, education, and uh, the... Um, uh, uh, EPA? EPA, there you go. No, okay. 
what, what is zone control? Are you talking about or? No, sir. No, sir. We're talking about the um, agencies of government. Can you name the third one? The third agency of government. Yeah. I would I would do away with the education, uh, the um, <laughs> I, 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 commerce. <laughs> yeah, let's see. I can't. The third one, I can't. Sorry. <laughs> Oops. We, had, we took 40 years to build up this worldwide... De- yeah. Oops. <laughs> that is a great... Everyone's helping him, too. Everyone's kind of picking on him. Ron Paul's like, no, there's five. And then Mitt Romney's on the side like, EPA? Oh, <laughs> He's like, your, no, not EPA. This is guy to get your debate boner just raging. Because <laughs> this is what you look for in a debate where yeah. clearly someone is losing. Normally in a debate, it basically comes down to, well, whose person's ideas do you like more? Whatever. Okay, I like that better. I like this better. Who has better hair? Exactly. Michelle Bachman. Her hair's awesome. <laughs> well, Rick Perry's hair's awesome, but he just can't make it work. Everyone really has awesome hair, I guess, except Newt Gingrich. He's the one guy whose just hair is just <laughs> not happening. He looks as, as bad of, as he is a person. Does that make sense? <laughs> He's like the picture of Dorian Gray after all the bad things he's done. Because he cheated on his wife back in the day yeah. when she had cancer. And... Yeah, well. <laughs> come on, come on, Logan. Give him a break. <laughs> he's, a, he's a politician, man. They, the, you, you, I mean, not to make excuses for politicians, but these guys are crazy, crazy people. They're, they're right. crazy all of them. kind of yeah. narcissists. I mean, it, would, it takes a crazy person to want to be president. I gotta say the the way you feel about Ron Paul is actually how I feel about Mitt Romney. I feel like they're all circling Mitt Romney and they don't want to commit because conservatives don't want to elect a uh, Mormon. Or that's I mean that's just my own theory, but <laughs> could be could be could be the uh, GOP seemed, code getting cracked right he there. He seems like him. a really strong candidate. He he could beat Obama. I think he's the only one that could. Well, I have a feeling Barack Obama is going to win. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I'm not basing it on anything. just seems like it's a pretty easy thing to do. Oh, hey, guys. He's doing nothing, and he's already coming off way better than all Republicans. Barack Obama is a straight-up pimp, man. He's just, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, Barack Obama. He's laying back in the cut. No. (laughs) Here's why I'm going to vote for Barack Obama. He is um, deporting almost 400,000 people a year. It's a very high number. He killed Osama bin Laden. He took out Anwar al-Wallaki. He is getting all the combat troops home from Iraq. He has stabilized the economy to some degree and basically did did a decent amount. And I think you give him that leverage for the second term, maybe he can do some more good stuff. I don't know. That's, uh, that's why I'm going to probably vote for him. I'll, I'll give the Republican candidate a look. I will. Interesting. I feel like um, a little while ago you said you might vote Republican. Or you were leaning that way. Well, that was because I wanted to get him riled up. I wanted to get him inspired, Logan. <laughs> I wanted to keep keep him fighting. Barack Obama, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Keep oh, we'll him on see. his toes. We'll see. We'll see. I, I'm not. I'm not definitely giving my vote to Barack Obama. Oh, wait, this is uh, one last thing I wanted to touch on. Did you? I, I don't know how this didn't get talked about more. Maybe the Sandusky news kind of uh, clogged up the headlines. But did you hear that they arrested someone who tried to assassinate Barack Obama? No. Yeah. I didn't this, even hear about that. Uh, this Mexican fellow had a high-powered assault rifle at the White House lawn. Barack Obama wasn't there, but he was able to, from like outside the gates, they think, fire off two shots. I think one hit the wall of the White House, and the other one got stopped by – they have bulletproof glass there. So he fired off two shots, and they arrested him. So, yeah, I don't know. That's That's just – Bizarre that I feel like it's weird to me that that wasn't bigger news that a guy just shot two shots and hit the White House. Like it, it was in the news, but I don't feel like it's in the general, the general the topic House, of conversation. Yeah, maybe the White House doesn't want it out there. I feel well, like they I mean, have a- no. I don't think that was that at all. I mean, it was front page news, but whatever reason, people weren't captivated by it enough to make it more interesting. I guess, or they didn't think there was a whole lot of story there. Crazy. He wasn't there, so that's. You know, I guess maybe it wasn't really considered that close of a threat, but it still sounds pretty crazy. I remember I bet my buddy Bill ten to one odds. He gave me ten to one odds that Barack Obama would be assassinated while in office. 
So basically, <laughs> and I said he wouldn't get assassinated just because the odds of someone getting assassinated are pretty pretty crazy. But Bill was very confident that Barack Obama would get assassinated. So, Uh-oh. Is he connected to this guy? No. Well, Bill can't assassinate him or he can't hire someone to assassinate him. Oh, those okay. Are those rules. are the rules. <laughs> I love in this bet. Those are the actual rules. And so I bet $1,000. You know, at ten to one odds. So if I lose and Barack Obama gets assassinated, I guess I'll pay Bill ten thousand dollars, <laughs> and then at the end of Barack Obama's term, he's got to give me a thousand dollars. Although, which will all be worth about what a five dollars is now. Exactly. By the time he gets out of office, and the way the dollar is, are you kidding me? All right, Logan, you want to uh, wrap things up with the haiku? Let's do it. Los Americans. Barack Obama, 012. Brave little tattletale. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Green Room Comedy Podcast. And make sure you log on to 24-7 Comedy and get that uh, get their iHeartRadio app. Can't recommend it enough. All right, and uh, God bless, everyone. Have a great night. Or morning, whenever you're listening to this on-demand radio program. Thanks for listening to The Green Room. Check out Sean Green's comedy CD, The Whiskey Dick, now available on iTunes. Follow the show on Twitter at Green Room Show and visit thecomedygaragemovie.com. What he seen her walk by in them tight jeans And he looked at her like that's my queen Cause he thought that he could mold her But it's over, no Larry was a 39-year-old dude 